the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. It says in Ephesians 4 verse 6, this is one God and Father of us all, who is above all, sovereign over all, pervading all, and living in all of us. Now, I want you to think about what Father is telling us about how He wants us to see Him in this verse. One God and Father of us all, who is above all, sovereign over all, pervading all, and living in us all. As we look at this, here's the thing. We know Him as God, but even the devils know Him as God. He is God, and He wants us to worship Him as God, and He wants us to love Him as God, and we want, He wants us to reverence Him as God. But He also makes a big emphasis throughout the Bible is that He wants you to relate to Him as Father. He wants you to relate to Him as a child relates to a loving Father. As He speaks in this verse, He says He's the one God. God being preeminent, but in his capacity as God, he is Father of us all. Now, that's pretty exciting stuff. You know, if uh, you lived in a uh, small kingdom, it would be good to know that you had a fair, powerful, and just king. But it would be greater to know that that king was your father. Because that power, that sovereignty, that justice would also express itself in His love for you and His desire for you. We want to know Him as Father. God is telling us by this verse that He wants to relate to us in an intimate way as a child relates to His Father. Look at Galatians 4, 6. And because you really are His sons and daughters, God has sent the Holy Spirit of His Son into your hearts, into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, or Daddy, Daddy. This is a healthy relationship. Now, for some of us who may or may not have healthy relationships with your father, it might be difficult for you to relate to him in this way. But I want you to know that whatever in your mind would epitomize a father, whatever in your mind would be the highest and best in the way of fatherhood, God exceeds it all. He exceeds it all. He is far greater than a father than this world has ever known. Because he invented the term. And he set the standard for it, a standard that could not be met by any human being. In fact, men, it can't be met by any dad. 
It's got to be met by Jesus. It's got to be met by His Spirit. That's the only way. We are created in His image. We are children created in His image. 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, we are, even here and now, God's children. It is not yet disclosed, made clear what we shall be hereafter, but we know that when He comes and He is manifested, we shall, as God's children, resemble and be like Him. And we shall see Him just as He really is. Look at the end of that verse. See Him just as He really is. You know what that means? That means you don't see Him as He really is right now. You couldn't handle it. You don't see the fullness of Him yet. You see Him dimly. But look at, what he, look at our relationship with Him. He says we will resemble Him as His children. We will resemble Him as His children. We will take after our Father. Now, that may not be a blessing on the human side, depending on what your Father looks like. But when God looks at us, He sees something that we don't see. He sees a resemblance of Himself. You know that it says that man was created to manifest the glory of God. And do you know that the presence and the very person of God is glory? The term was absolutely invented to describe Him. And there is none that has glory but God. But we reflect Him because we were made in His image. We were made to reflect His person. We were made in such a way that anybody could look at us and say, Oh, I know whose kid you are. You ever seen sons who look just like their dads? Like I said, in some cases it can be a blessing, in others it can be a curse. But the truth is, people look at them and say, You look just like your dad. Well, I want you to know that all of heaven looks at us in a different way. They see us as we are. We don't see ourselves that way. As children of God, we bear the resemblance of our Father. We carry His glory. God is thrilled and proud as any good father. He looks at us and He sees what we can't, His likeness. Now, why is it important for you to know that? I'm going to tell you something. The reason why it's important for you, child of God, to know that is that God never looks away. God is never ashamed. God is not rejecting. God is not saying, well, He's mine, but I don't claim Him. God is proud. And He put in us the resemblance of Himself to mark us as His own. Now that's a spiritual thing, but it is a here and now thing. In each one of these verses it says, you are now children of God, not will be. There's a lot of emphasis on that great day by and by when we all get to heaven. But I'm going to tell you right now, you are walking in the image of Him. You carry His glory. Now, here's the difference. Everybody says, well, I don't live that way. You know, if you were to watch how I behave, you would never know that I had a God. That may be true, but who's getting damaged in that? Who's it hurting? The truth of the matter is, you're walking in defeat. You're walking in despair. You're grappling for some kind of identity within this world. You want to be after the image of man, and it doesn't suit you, does it? Can you be honest? Does walking after the image of man suit you? 
No, we were created in His image. And as we walk in the truth of that, we find that that life suits us. His life suits us. He's an active Father. We were birthed out of love and pain, and now we're treasured at his own, as his own. We know that he's involved with us. He says that even the hairs on our head are numbered. Kind of reminds me of a mother who looks at a baby and counts the fingers and the toes. He wants to know everything, and he does know everything. And he constantly is looking at us, and he has joined himself to us that he might live every moment with you. He has made every effort to be intimate with you. It is not Him that backs away. It's us. It's not Him that turns His back. It's us. Listen, as one teacher said, if we were to look at Him and say, why couldn't you get closer? He says, my gosh, I gave you my life. I gave you my life. I literally attached myself to you, and I walked with you some 50 or 40 or 30 years. What more could I have done? Can you get any closer than that? Child of God, that's the truth with you. Your hairs are numbered. It also says in Matthew 6, I like this, He sees what is done in secret. But here's the thing, He's not a snooping parent. You know why he sees what is done in secret? Look at Matthew 6. He's looking for an opportunity to reward you. (laughs) His desire is to bless you, to give something to you. That is the revelation of himself. Out of his love, he nurtures us as a father. And here's the interesting thing. You know, you read in the, the, the scriptures about him being the good shepherd, that he makes us lie down. He takes us to the green pastures. The green pastures, he knows what suits us. And then he also knows when we need rest, which is something we can't figure out. He makes us lie down. Now, you moms know what that's about, right? He makes us lie down because we won't lie down any other way. He restores our soul. He's, he put the body together. I love this. He put the body together. And then he put in this world all of the nutrients that are needed to maintain the body. And here's the interesting thing about your body. You eat all kinds of crud, but your body picks through it and pulls from it what nurtures you and throws the rest away. Now listen, he nurtures you in the same way. You get yourself in all kinds of crud, but he pulls out the best of it, and he makes his life plain in those parts, and he nurtures your spirit through it. Isn't that cool? He nurtures you. He protects you as a father. He protects both flesh and spirit. He has has your days numbered, and he has your days protected, and he has your slot protected. It's like when you make a reservation. He knows exactly what time you're going to be on this earth, and he knows exactly what he's going to allow for your time upon this earth. And he protects both flesh and spirit. He protects his designated days with you, and he protects your spirit in that you will be his, from now until eternity. (laughs) He protects your flesh in in ways that you and I don't even know. You don't know how many times you could have dropped dead. You don't know how many times you you could have had tremendous pain. You don't know how many times you were delivered. His mercy and grace is in you even now. As I've said before, there's enough poison in your body right now to kill you ten times over, but your body's processing it. And right now, 
everything is operating so that you have life on the flesh. Right now, everything is operating so you have life in the Spirit. He keeps you. He nurtures you. And He protects you. And He disciplines you as a father. Now, do you all know the difference between discipline and punishment? A loving father will discipline his child in order to grow him. In order that he might grow and that he might be mature. And that he might be more than just a kid. That one day he might be an adult. That he would be able to mature and to reason and to walk in the right way. So that he doesn't injure himself. So that he's able to provide for himself. That's why a father disciplines. It's an act of love to discipline. But let me tell you something. The world punishes. And here's the truth that we learn as we grow, grow through life. We're given a window of grace as children. And through that time, that span of time, we can accept the loving discipline of the parents that God appointed for us. He picked them out. You didn't. And during that window of time, He gave you the parents, the watch care guardians of your lives. And you can be disciplined within that time. But if you won't be disciplined, hear me, hear me. When you head out in the world, you'll get punished. You'll get punished. Now that doesn't mean the Heavenly Father is going to let you get ruined. He'll take what the world dishes out and as Romans 8 says, He'll cause it all for good. Because he takes the punishment of the world and he turns it into blessing. How does he do that? I don't have an idea. I don't have a clue, but I can give testimony to it. Most of you can, can't you? Isn't that the truth? He disciplines. He teaches. I was thinking about that. You know, I don't know how many of you have had professors that would teach you, but they were dispassionate about it. They'd just soon flunk you as keep you. They're giving you information. They're not really teaching. But He teaches. He's intimately involved, interested in your learning. You know, I watched my wife homeschool and teach the children. And when she's teaching the children, her desire is not to get them off her hands. She's not watching the clock to see when the bell will ring. She is literally interested that they know, that they understand. And it won't do that they just give the right answer. She's got to know how they came up with the right answer. She wants them to understand. She wants to teach them. She wants to grow them. That is love. Now listen, your Heavenly Father is teaching you. He's teaching you. Today He taught you. And He's teaching you every moment of your life. Because in every moment of your life, there's instruction. But here's the thing. Just like I did as a young boy, you can sit in the classroom with your eyes out the window. And you can ignore the voice of Father. And you can ignore His presence. And you can ignore what He's counseling you in. But let me tell you, who suffers? You do. You do. I use an illustration. Many of you have heard it. Some of you may not. When I tried to illustrate for you what, what the whole truth of obedience is, what the whole truth of, of the Father teaching, I used the illustration of a birdhouse. You see, in my opinion, every word that God says go and do is illustrated by the birdhouse. Now, the way I illustrate this is I use my son Ian or Todd and I say, listen, when they're small, I might say to them, let's go in the garage and build a birdhouse. 
And I asked the question, why would I ask this kid to go and build a birdhouse with me? Is it because they're expert birdhouse builders? Is it because I need their wisdom in birdhouse building? Is it because we're going to get them a career in birdhouse building? No, it is so that I can spend time with them and grow them in intimacy with me, grow them in relationship with me, and they can share this moment with me. That's my calling to them. I want to teach them that I love them. I want to teach them that I am there for them. I want to teach them that I will instruct them. I want to teach them that I can be creative through them. That I can show them how they can take pleasure in these things. I want to grow them. That is my heart. That is my love for them. Everything that Father asks you to do, everything that He instructs you to do, every commandment that He gives you, He's saying, come on, son, come on, daughter, let's build a birdhouse. You and me together. Can I say no? Oh, yeah, I can say no. My son might turn to me and say, Dad, I'd rather watch cartoons. Dad, I've got something I'd rather do. He can walk away, but what will he have walked away from? Will it lessen my love for him, my desire for him? Will I quit pursuing him? No. But what a marvelous opportunity he walks away from for me to show him I love him. But here's what will happen. I'm going to just take this illustration one step forward. I didn't plan to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Here's what happens. He walks away. And as he's walking away as a small boy, he comes across something. He trips, he falls, and he hurts himself. Do you think I stand in the garage and say, well, that serves you right. You should have come out here. If you'd been building a birdhouse instead of stomping off, you wouldn't have had that issue. No. I run, I pick him up, and I take what is a bruised knee and I turn it into a birdhouse. I cause all things to work together for his good, that we might share our love together, that he might know that he is treasured as my son. He is teaching He is loving, and He loves as a father. Only a true parent can really begin to to know what that means, to love. To love as a father, to love as a mother. It is like, I know this, I know that the parents that are most miserable are the parents that don't know how to love. They know how to have kids, but they don't know how to love. And what was made, what was meant to be a blessing to them, what was meant to grow them, What was meant actually to nurture them has become in their minds a burden. That's so sad. But Father doesn't walk away. You have a Father who's always with you, who will always love you. His love cannot be measured. He cannot even be defined in what we call a human-parent relationship. That is just a small illustration of His love and His tenacity. And that is why it's important for us as parents to understand that we can't love the way He does without His love. And we cannot have the fulfillment of what those children were to bring to our lives unless we yield to Him and allow Him to love them through us. Because Jesus takes the very problems and bad situations in growing up and He turns them into, into opportunities for us to know His love, for us to know His, His protection, for us to know His provision. And we walk away from the greatest gift when we try to do it on our own, when we try to turn His blessing into cursing. 
when we try to walk after our own desires and fashion ourselves after the image of man. He is the father of us all. There are no favorites with him. There's no one above the rest. We are all his favorites, and no one receives second best. We all get the best. That is him. Who is above all, sovereign over all, pervading all, and living in us all, both corporately and individually. He lives in us as his children. He is above all as both God and Father. Understand that. To have Him as God is awesome. But to have Him as Father is beyond description. He reigns in sovereignty. He says He's sovereign over all. Which means He has the final word on all things and all things have their source in Him. But He as Father comes to us. He could come to us as God. We dare not approach Him. Though He may favor us, we dare not embrace Him. He comes to us as Father, as His own beloved, and we call Him Father, Abba, Daddy, Daddy. says He is sovereign, He is the absolute, He is the I Am. Understand this about Him. There's no degrees of love with Him. He is the I Am, and when He says He's the I Am, that means that nothing is in process with Him. Everything is now. His love is as great as it's ever been, and it's beyond description. His love for us doesn't need to grow because it's met its zenith. He is the very description of love itself. We don't have to grow on Him. We don't get better in His mind. We are at that point where He loves us most most as His children and will love us that way through eternity. He is the I Am. Ephesians 4.7 Yet grace, God's unmerited favor, was given to each of us individually, not indiscriminately, but in different ways, in proportion to the measure of Christ's rich and bounteous gift. Now, look at that. It was given to each of us individually. Now before, in the verses above, he's been talking about us corporately. He's been talking about the union that we share, the unity that we share as the body of Christ. And now it goes beyond that. He comes down to this and he says, now I want to talk to you about your uniqueness. That the grace that I am giving you is unique to your needs. That the mercy that I am giving you is unique to your situation. That the love that I am giving you is unique to your capacity. That I am to you as though you were the only child I ever had. And I was your only father. There is no division. For in Him, He sees us all uniquely. But here's what's neat about that, guys. He loves us uniquely. He is merciful towards us uniquely. He is gracious towards us uniquely, which means He loves our uniqueness. He fashioned us to express His life in a unique way. Now listen, the world is constantly looking to duplicate itself and create identities and they're hopping from one identity to another. I want to be like this movie star. I want to be like this person. I want to be like this man. And we find ourselves grappling to try to create an image after the flesh that we think the world will be happy with and we'll be happy with. 
God made you uniquely His as a child of God. You are an individual, a person with unique qualities, with unique gifts, with, in, with unique thoughts. You are an individual. And because you're an individual, God doesn't want a cookie-cutter Christian. He made each of us to reflect Him in a different way. Now, I know that some parents compare their kids, and that's really foolish. Because if you're a parent, you know that if you've got more than one kid, none of them are alike. I don't care if they're identical twins. And you can love them to, to the fullest extent, but you have to love them differently. Because some receive love this way and some receive love another way. But God is so big, He meets you right where you are. Now, you know, here's the truth. i got one son who's a, who's a consummate thinker. Has been all his life. I can stick him. I can say, Todd, I'm going to punish you. Know who I'm talking about. And I can stick him in a corner, and he will sit there, and he will think about the last movie he saw. He can replay it in his head. He can sit there and replay the last book that he read. He can count the little dots in the wall. He can do all. He'll be fine. Sending him to his room is no punishment. But let me tell you, if I put Ian in a corner, that's punishment. That boy, if he has to sit still, it's punishment. It's a whole different thing. God recognizes our uniqueness. He made us this way. And He loves us this way. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life, moment by moment and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.